0: What was it like, what was that feeling like when you, uh, when you made that landfall?
1: Well, it, was, I, it was the best feeling I think I've ever had. We had
2: like a thousand yards
1: to we were pretty beat-ass by the time we
2: got in. Yeah, we but were It was tired. cool, it was, it was one of the, the bigger accomplishments, I mean, I have in my life.
1: Yeah, it was definitely the biggest accomplishment I've had ever in my life.
2: And I feel that it was, since it was a shittier boat, it was a better accomplishment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Greetings, sailors. We're talking with the Litzenbergers today, and that little snippet should clue you in. We had a lot of fun. This is a good one. Stand by. listening to the Bonnie Boat Sailing Podcast. My name is Chris Smith. Whether you're a grizzled old salt pining for the days of wire rope halyards or a greenhorn wondering what the hell a dolphin striker is, this is the podcast that seeks to fill the need for everybody's third most favorite pastime, that is, talking about sailing. Welcome to this month's episode of The Bonnie Boat. Today I am talking with Brina and Spencer Litzenberger. Uh, The Litzenbergers have been sailing on both coasts for the past six or seven years, aboard a number of different boats. They've sailed in the Pacific Northwest aboard a plywood trimaran, through the Bahamas, aboard a number of different vessels, uh, and up from Guatemala to Florida aboard an old steel Bruce Roberts spray. Uh, They have all sorts of great stories and interesting experiences, and they also host a hilarious podcast called... Litzenberger's Sailing Podcast. Uh, And I am posting this here podcast a few days ahead of time so that you guys can experience simultaneous release here. So look them up for the other half of this conversation. Uh, And they've got a lot of good stuff in the archive uh, uh, over there about buying and selling boats, Uh, living aboard. It's it's well worth checking out. Uh, I've been listening to them for a while now, and I think they are one of the few sailing pods uh, that is publishing weekly. Uh, They also have a YouTube channel, called Sailing with the Litzenburgers, and they are currently trying to sell off all of their worldly possessions to try and get into their next boat. Uh, so we start off talking here about their yurt in Alaska, just to give you a little bit of context. Uh, and without further prolegomenon on my part, I give you Spencer and Bruno Litzenberger. <music> Let's start let's start with the yurt then. What um what uh what's the deal with the yurt? <laughs> uh
1: yeah, so when we lived in Alaska, which was about two years ago. We lived in a twenty foot yurt that we had bought in Idaho on Craigslist and brought it up here. And we worked and the yurt is actually, I mean, one of my favorite places we've ever lived, or like structures we've ever lived in, because one, it was cheap. Two, it was like a fun little thing. And we were able to save so much money because it was $5,000. And it was like Pinterest on crack. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, We just saved a bunch of money, which let us go sailing, which was great. A lot
2: sooner than it we should be allowed to go
0: sailing. Yeah, absolutely. So can you like fold it up and put it in the back of a pickup?
2: No, it's a huge pain in the ass. They're, they're, they're technically uh, temporary structures, but uh, we're on day three of dismantling this piece of shit so we can sell it to somebody. I bought it, it was in a pile and brought it up here, and it was like missing parts, and it took us forever to put together. So, they they string it along that they're really easy to put together, but uh, you might be better off building a cabin.
1: Yeah, I think that they that's their like big selling point is like, oh, you can fit it in the back of the truck. But what they don't tell you is they only sell you the walls, the roof, and the canvas for those two things. And so, you have to build your own floor and your own platform to put this thing on, and then like a little deck if you want that, and then anything inside, like we had a little loft and a bathroom build out. You have to do that. Like, I mean, it adds up. And also then that requires it. Now we're in like a flatbed and a freaking semi trailer behind it. But they are adorable. (laughs)
0: Yeah. No, that's cool. That sounds like, uh, yeah, that sounds, that sounds pretty awesome. But, uh, so you guys have owned, uh, five boats as far as I can tell from, from the internet. Um, and you've spoken, uh, about the kind of the buying process pretty extensively on your podcast. But when it comes to, to kind of selecting a boat and looking at a boat, are there kind of maintenance or condition issues that just cause you to immediately walk away?
2: Unfortunately, no. <laughs> uh, we've gone a lot of different ways uh, and from having the most shitty engines to having a brand new beta marine. And generally in the price range that we're looking at, we can only pick to have one good thing. So if like you want a really good hole and rig, then you don't get a good engine especially in the $12,000, 15000 mm-hmm. price range. So it kind of depends on how we're feeling that day. We're looking at boats, but we, we jump pretty quick when we see boats we want because we want to go cruising. We don't like staying in yards very long.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think like there's a few like rigging. We've actually never gotten a boat where we've had to redo after we, we should have. We should have on a lot of them. Yeah. Every
2: person that's bought a boat from us has changed the rig immediately.
1: Yeah, So, <laughs> but we have personally never tackled rigging so, I always thought that we bought boats, Like, oh, the rigging's fine. I don't know if that was really.
2: Uh, we've gotten really good at uh, coring holes.
1: Yes, yeah. I'm. I'm trying to think. Mostly the the motors are big for us because we've had so many terrible, terrible motors that, like, we know how much money you can dump into them and how much of a headache and how terrible it can make your cruising season. I know, despite you have a sailboat and sail it, but like to be honest you use your motor quite a bit so you know it can make your or break your trip really
0: yeah i mean i think that makes sense i mean i mean how much does it cost to re rig a boat versus repower a boat i mean it's probably an order of magnitude
1: exactly yeah yeah and i i think we do a fairly good job at trying to you know, play with the numbers when we're looking at boats and seeing what we can actually tackle ourselves and what is just way above our pay grade. Well, and also
2: you can only get so much for the money. Like if mm-hmm. we're looking at our price range, you're not going to get a new boat and you, yeah, I think you need to understand that when you're going into it.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um So are there any of, of all those, the boats that you've had, are there any projects that you've had to do to get them running again? That kind of stand out as, as something you learned a lot or like that you would never do again
2: um oh the trimaran yeah don't buy (laughs) a plywood boat (laughs)
0: that's a terrible idea yeah
1: we bought a the 36 foot trimaran uh that was a stitching glue is that what it was it was plywood with like fiberglass over it and it had like a little hole in it and that hole turned into a very very large hole and that was like it took two months for us to it was I, it was the main hull it was a quarter of it that we had to like we had to reskin
2: like down. half the boat and then the other side of a wing and then peel off the transom repair the transom uh the decks were all delammed we pulled all the fiberglass the decks re the decks
1: but that was like totally our fault like we should have
2: we should we should have looked a little deeper
1: yeah <laughs> and we got in way over our head and
2: then we promptly sunk the boat at the dock after yeah. we put it in the water
0: <laughs> yeah yeah um that's that. Yeah, that sounds awful. So, was you know, was it an epoxy boat or a polyurethane? Uh, or it was not epoxy, po- not polyurethane. What's the uh, the other stuff?
2: I don't know. I'm gonna sound dumb if I say it wrong. So, it's
0: not it's not polyurethane.
2: I I polypropylene, but I think that's what's in like glycol and for like cars.
0: <laughs> no, it's just like the normal fiberglass. Anyways, but you said it's it was an epoxy boat. It was
2: epoxy. Yeah, it was like right when the West Systems came out and oh, guys okay. spent a ton of money on. It. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: But I think he used the wrong um, kind of plywood. It was it wasn't gritty enough for the epoxy to soak into, so uh, everything is kind of off it yeah Damn. and the problem with plywood boats is like the why well, it's like an asshole anyway the problem with plywood boats is that water will get in the plywood and just run all the way to the next epoxy seam yeah so if any water gets in there after a couple freezes and thaws that whole sheet's gone
1: yeah it was like way more than we were willing to take on but at that point what are you gonna do? <laughs> it was it was our responsibility so we had to get it out of the yard and i mean once you get it out of the yard you sail it but I think too, that bow was our least favorite just for a multitude of reasons. But that, that repair job was one of them. Well, it
2: was the biggest undertaking, especially for kind of a worthless bow. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like you put a ton of money into it and then you cut a hole into it and now it's worth nothing until you get it working again. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't, help. was it fast?
2: Um, not. didn't like it, so we didn't go particularly fast. Yeah.
1: I was scared of going fast. So I feel like I am the one that is, you know, Stipulated how fast we should be going, and so I didn't like going fast on it because of the motion. I mean, we
2: sailed typically 10 knots wasn't a was good, good speed, 10 I, knots
1: was like way too fast for me. I was yeah, like, Oh my god,
2: <laughs> I got it to 14 one night, but probably shouldn't have. That's yeah.
0: ripping. I mean, that's it's hard to imagine sailing at 14 knots to be perfectly honest.
2: It's kind of cool, like you look back and there's like little wakes behind your holes.
1: Yeah. Just imagine driving a car in reverse at 20 miles an hour, <laughs> and that's <a> <laughs>
0: that's that how
2: safe you feel. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Sweet. That's how I. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That sounds like fun. Um, so I, I wanted to ask you guys about the Bahamas a little bit. um How many? Uh, how many times have you uh, have you sailed over?
1: Uh, I think
0: six or seven. We've now.
1: done it in every boat except for the trimaran, and in every boat. Well, I guess two, four, six. Uh, I think we've done the Bahamas. Six different times, yeah, in a varying amount of boats and <laughs> sizes. Yeah.
0: Cool. So, and then have you crossed to and from a couple like different places, or do you have like one spot that you always kind of shoot for?
1: We crossed from our first time was from Marathon, which was
2: it's a tremendous trick. Chicken no, Harbor. That wasn't the first time. Whatever.
1: Yeah, Marathon. We've done that a couple times, and that's okay. But yeah, it turns into Chicken Harbor pretty quickly. Um we've gone
2: from Fort Lauderdale, uh Miami.
1: Lake Worth. We've uh, I think my favorite one was from um I don't it's not even in Hedgehog, do you remember when we It's like up from Marathon. It's kind of between Pumpkin Key and the Keys, but like nobody knows that there's an inlet there for reason. And I'm not really sure why nobody uses that. But it's really nice to leave out of and it gives you a great angle to get up to like bimini
0: Okay. And, and sorry i and i, I cut it you cut out there for a second but what between pumpkin and
1: yeah I, I think we were in marathon and then we went up to like around pumpkin and you'll see like a little inlet and they'll there's like some apartment buildings with their own personal marina there and that was my favorite place that we crossed from yeah um and then we of course, well, Lake Worth's an easy one. Yeah, Lake Worth's pretty easy, especially if you're going to do just a motor crossing, which we've done a Most number of time, times. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, especially going across to the Bahamas because the wind's generally favorable that way. Yeah. And then on the way back over, we sail back generally. Yeah,
1: so if you're like crossing and motoring, I mean, we just pick the closest point to the closest point. You know, like Lake Worth to Grand, Grand yeah, Bahama uh, Bank.
0: West End, I think, probably. Or, or, yeah. do you, or do you go to the banks?
1: Yeah, we just get on the banks and then...
2: Motor on yeah, somewhere, like exactly. and we generally just disregard that whole um, goal stream nonsense of figuring out all the math because we're bad at it.
1: We're really bad at math, yeah.
2: So we just point across until we get to the banks, and so far so good. Yeah.
0: Cool, cool. Dig into that a little bit more. So you said you coming back, you sail, and going over, you tend to motor. So what kind of weather are you looking for um, in those mm-hmm. in those two situations?
1: Uh, I mean, motoring. We just if we're motoring, it's got to be like or less because usually because our motors just can't handle yeah, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't Handle more than that um and but i are i at least my ideal sailing weather is like 15 to 20 knots beam or further back um that's what i really like especially broad reach i think it's
2: well typically when we're doing our bahamas crossings we want to get over there as fast as possible we're really just not willing to wait for a sailing window yeah, cause we can sail all damn day and we get over there, but I don't want to hang out marathon for three months doing goddamn crafts,
1: yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, we aren't like, at least I don't think we're that like hardcore of sailors. Like we both love sailing, but we definitely pick our battles. Like like Spencer said, if we're in Florida and we don't want to be in Florida, there's no point in us waiting for a sailing weather window. If there's a motor day. In two days, like we'd much rather be over in the Bahamas and then waiting for sailing days when we're, you know, snorkeling and spearfishing over there than, you know, kind of hanging out in Florida.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that, I think that makes a lot of sense. When um, we can edit this out, but what's your favorite secret spot in the Bahamas?
1: Oh, secret spot. We're a big fan
2: of the Abacos. Um...
1: Yeah. I think the Abacos in general are just
2: they're very underrated. Everyone yes. goes down to the Exumas and Exumas is just full of goddamn mega yachts now.
1: Yeah. And like jet skiing douchebags.
0: I've heard is the, lobster, is the lobster fishing better in the, in the Abacos?
1: Um, I don't
2: generally target lobster. I'm not a super huge fan of them, but um, I think it's about the same. I, I mean, I'll pick them up most of the places, especially if you go outside on the outside reefs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think to the Abacos, uh, no cruise ships or mega yachts can get in there because it's too um shallow gotcha, so gotcha. it really is like a cruiser's paradise yeah the cruiser like, culture
2: is really good there yeah
1: the cruiser culture is awesome everybody is there on sailboats or, or power boats but like they're all live aboard. there's there's some charters but you know it's just kind of a cool atmosphere there
0: nice nice now that sounds that sounds cool um and then what about the morals? You guys have talked like alluded to, oh, to, to oh, the oh, morals.
1: <laughs> There's
2: definitely a reason no one goes go
0: to the morals. Don't go to the
1: morals. <laughs> yeah, that was my bright idea, um, which I regret.
0: <laughs> it sounds. I mean, it sounds kind of enticing. So what is that is that on the inside of the abacos? Is that
1: Yes, so it's on the west side. I keep trying to
2: coin the term, the back door of the Abacos, and no (laughs) one's picking it up.
1: I'm sorry. The back, it's the back door of the (laughs) Abaco Island. Um, And yeah, that's, I mean, I was with you, Chris. I was like, this is so cool. This is going to be awesome. We're going to be like totally alone. We're going to see amazing stars. We're going to have like beaches to ourselves. You're going to fish in spots that barely anyone have ever fished. This was my big pitch. And Spencer's like, okay, let's do it. And then we got stuck back there for... Well, the wind
2: shifted. and we just got hammered back in these corners for like a week, and it was shitty. Oh, it
1: was terrible. We were back there for like two weeks. We started running out of water. <laughs> we started running out of food. We were like, oh, we started running out of booze, which, I mean, that for really us, kind of was kick, really, that,
2: really kind of kicked us in the That's when we're out. like,
1: we're getting the hell out of here.
0: <laughs> Do you think the fishing would potentially be really good back there?
1: Oh, it was. I went diving back
2: there, yeah. And the fish have, like, never seen people. Those come swim up to, which is kind of nice that's awesome uh, yeah. great harbor basin was that where we stayed yeah
1: there's one that was it's really cool i mean it's definitely not worth going to the marls i'm gonna tell but you if but if you're going to the marls if you're gonna to go to the marls there's um a it's called a I think it's great basin but it's basically like a a totally enclosed bay except for like one little cut that you can get into it looks like
2: little harbor but like 60 years ago
1: yes and there's one house there that there's one guy that houses caretaker. Sits, but like he has and he'll hasn't, give you water if you're nice. And he hasn't seen people in like five months. He's so very lonely. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that was a cool. That was a really cool place. That was pretty much the only cool place there.
0: <laughs> cool. And I, I did want to ask ask you, Spencer, about spearfishing a little bit. Um. So what what got you into it initially? Were you kind of a uh, an angler, uh, a line dipper at first, or what's uh, what's kind of what's the deal?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, I'm from Alaska, so we've been you know flipping supplies for a long time. <laughs> uh, I'm not really sure why we jumped into spearfishing. I think our first time I had that stupid Hawaiian or the the one you shoot the rod. What's that thing called? Oh,
1: that I think it's Hawaiian like a line sling. had yeah, uh-huh. that
2: thing, I had zero luck with that, and um, got into pole spear and I, I just really really enjoy it.
0: Sweet. Um, so you so you're saying you use a pole spear, and what are the what are the regulations for that in the uh, in the Bahamas?
2: Oh, I don't know if I should be one time about regulations.
1: Uh. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, laws and regulations. Spencer and I are not so good at. Little, <laughs> Along with math. <laughs>
0: hey, sign sign me up. I I'm I'm right with you guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, our biggest thing is like bring a printer on board so that you can like you know. I mean, paper paperwork own, needs work. Yeah, <laughs> that's why they call it paperwork. <laughs> yeah, we've uh, definitely been known to. Maybe edit. edit some things to get into countries.
0: Very nice. <laughs> um, so, and then we we were talking earlier about siguatera. Is that so? You guys just don't worry about it. Have you? And you haven't had any any experiences with it? We've
2: never had any problems with it. Um, I try to avoid fish that people tell me not to get, but then people tell me other fish that it, it, it's hard to get an answer of what you should be avoiding. But generally, it's like the the bigger carnivorous fish. But those are the funnest ones to shoot. So I'm kind of on the fence about it.
1: We don't eat, like, bigger Barracuda.
2: No, we stay from Barracuda, but, like, if I get a big snapper, like, I'll eat that.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I thought... Sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, I was... We've just never had a problem with it, so I guess we're just not... We don't have a healthy fear of it like most people.
2: Yeah, I feel like we need to have, like, a run-in with it to respect it properly. (laughs) Yeah, we've
1: only ever heard, like, second-hand stories from, like, you know, my aunt's cousin's sister's best friend got it once from, like, whatever... So well, I
0: don't know. That's good. I mean, have you so have you heard of anyone getting it in the Bahamas?
2: Yeah, um, this last season there was some guy that was blogging a lot on the Bahamas forums, and he got it. And then yeah, so it, it does pop up, I guess.
0: Gotcha. But
1: you don't even know that person. I really. don't know that person. Yeah. Yes, I,
2: I I I watch his feed, so yes. Fuck, like, he could be lying.
1: I mean, uh, not that he's lying. I'm just saying, like, why are you
2: trying to smoke him no,
1: out? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't know that that's enough to warrant fear of it, right?
2: I mean, I feel like there's a lot of scarier things to be worried about.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: cool. that's true. Fair enough. So do you have any um, kind of like general advice for anybody heading to the Bahamas for the first time?
1: Uh, to the Bahamas? I would really, and this is probably just my advice, probably not yours, but I would really just decide like what you want to sail in and what you want to travel in and stick with that because there are so many people going to the Bahamas and there's especially like so many YouTube channels and everything that, that talk about going to the Bahamas, that it's really easy to get in your own head and think that like, Oh, I should be listening to these people or these people. But I think you just have to figure out what you're comfortable with and, and be like steadfast in that and just do what you think is going to be fun. And if you're not having fun,
2: Go home. We've done that. We've had seasons where it just rained the whole time. We just bagged
1: it. Yeah, we sold the boat and left.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds like good advice. I'll pack
1: whiskey. Yeah, pack your own booze. Oh, whiskey. Uh, or Whiskey. Yeah, if you drink yeah. whiskey,
2: or beer, Definitely take your own because it's a little spendy over there.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you guys about uh, Rio Dolce and your uh, your your trip up across the uh, the Caribbean. It's the Caribbean Sea, or was it the? Go- I guess yeah, Caribbean Sea um so what kind of uh, you you guys bought a spray down there is that right Yeah.
2: I got yeah. a bruce roberts spray a 33 foot and it was just rotten away in the jungle we bought it we probably should have left it down there
1: we should have, definitely uh but yeah we bought her in real dulce and then uh the first season we didn't make it out because of engine problems um and we also ran out of money <laughs> so we had to go back and work and then the next season we actually made it out of real dulce which is was great it was It was really a phenomenal trip. Well, the
2: boat was such a pig of a sailor and the motor was such garbage. Like it was so hard to make anywhere near headwind or headway. Yeah.
1: yeah. So we
2: tried to hit, go from, it was Isla Harris to the Keys and we ended up in Naples.
1: Yeah. Halfway up Western Florida.
2: (laughs) (laughs) supposed to be a two day trip. I think we had seven days and we finally got to Naples. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So coming from real Dulce, is that, um, is that mostly upwind to Isla Harris?
1: Yes. So we were going against the trades.
0: Right.
1: Um, you know, downwind is like super easy from Key West to go down to Rio Dulce. Well, also, I there's so
2: many damn boats down there because yes. downwind run down there and everyone gets a divorce.
1: Yeah. And then they sell their boat down there. Um, and so that was it's really difficult to find a weather window. Um, but we were lucky enough that we got one like the day after we were in Mexico. Oh,
2: yeah, we had a great trip back.
1: Yeah. And it was it was really It was like one of my best moments sailing is doing that because we had done a couple like one overnight here and there, but we've never, we had never done a like crossing and that was our first one. And I thought I was going to be kind of terrified, but it ended up being like my favorite thing.
0: So, and and you, you guys spoke about that, I think on your last podcast, I thought that was, that's pretty cool. But, um, what was it like? What was that feeling like when you, uh, when you made that landfall? I was
1: I, it was the best feeling I think I've ever had. We had
0: like a thousand
2: yards to we were pretty beat ass by the time we got in. Yeah, we were it was tired. cool. It was, it was one of the, the bigger accomplishments I mean I have in my life.
1: Yeah, it was definitely the biggest accomplishment I've had ever in my life.
2: And I feel that it was since it was a shittier boat, it was a better accomplishment.
0: <laughs> definitely. Definitely. That's up for debate.
1: Yeah, I, if
2: you do it in morassi, that's fine and all. But if yes. you do in a garbage lunar garbage steel boat, I think you're doing better.
1: Yeah. It was I think because it was um we didn't get out the first season and then it was our first crossing and then because I don't know we, there's a lot involved with a crossing and the weather watching and and but I guess I didn't I thought that I'd be terrified the whole time I didn't expect myself to be like loving it and in awe of everything all It's the really time. cool you and,
2: get in the rhythm and you start doing your watches and you just kind of become you know out there and it's nice yeah
1: and and like I said in our last podcast I'm uh, kind of repeating myself, but like, it's weird to come in and like all these people are fishing and everything and they just think you're out for a day sale, but you have just accomplished this thing that you're like, Oh my God, I can take over the world. And it's like a cool feeling that like, and nobody knows this. And it's like my own little like secret. And it's like for me only. And that's pretty awesome.
0: That is pretty cool. Did, um, did you guys notice like the, uh, the scent of land, like people always talk about?
1: No, no, no. didn't. we just
2: saw lights,
0: but,
1: yeah I mean, maybe I just wasn't paying attention. I didn't know that was a thing actually until one of our uh, superintendents at our last company hit an island in the Pacific, and he was like, "I smelled land, and I knew something was wrong." And I was like, "You can't smell land," and then I was like, "I guess you can," because <laughs> you hit it.
0: <laughs> I uh, I cruised on a, a trip down from uh, from the Chesapeake down to the uh, Virgin Islands, and oh wow, and I I sw- and it smelled like I could. It was it was very distinct, and it smelled like. And dewy sausage and garbage <laughs> and i and I remember thinking that to myself, being like, "This is kind of fucking weird, but <laughs>
1: how romantic, right? Yeah. You just get sauage awesome and <laughs> <laughs> wait, how long of a passage is that?
0: uh, it's ten and a half days,
1: oh, see, so maybe we weren't I don't think we were out long enough, maybe, you know? yeah, I don't maybe think
0: you, yeah, you weren't enough. your noses weren't quite cleared,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that was really fun and then after we landed in Naples, we did a couple more like multi-day crossings in that boat and got her up to Annapolis and that was a it was a great time. Like we we had a great uh cruising season that year with her.
0: And is there did, did you feel prepared for that trip uh and is there anything that you would do differently now?
1: Oh, I mean, I don't That's think we ever really feel case. prepared.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, things I would do differently I don't know. I
2: felt pretty good about that trip. I think we handled it pretty yeah, well. Yeah, looking
1: back, it was, yeah. I mean, I felt totally and wholly unprepared. I mean, the we trimaran
2: trip was a lot less prepared than...
1: Yeah, and the trimaran trip, we definitely should have been... I was scared, and I feel like I should have been more scared.
2: <laughs> yeah, way out of our element, way over our heads.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that trip was... Like Yeah, maybe different. going down
2: the Oregon coast with a 9-9 on the back of the boat wasn't a great idea.
1: Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. But that trip, I felt, yeah, like we did a, a, you know, I say this a lot because the trimaran, I hated the trimaran and I had zero confidence in it, especially since we sunk it like the first day that we were put in the water. So my confidence level in the boat was next to nothing. And I didn't realize how bad that affects your trip. Like our, our steel boat, I had a hundred percent confidence in that boat. I thought it would take me through hurricanes through anything. And I think that made the trip so much better because I was. I felt so much safer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. I think that that makes sense. Um, is and and you've talked a little bit about refrigeration in this regard specifically. But is there other than that? Is there a piece of sailing gear or kind of equipment that you've lived with or and without and and you kind of wouldn't go back now at this point?
2: Uh, if we could afford it, I'd love to go back to a wind vane. Uh, we had a yeah. monitor monitor wind vane on our steel boat, and it was a fabulous piece of equipment.
1: Yes. Nice, yeah. Nice. I would say. I don't know. It's it's interesting. I think you kind of adapt to whatever boat you get. Well, like, most
2: people don't. Most people have one boat,
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> but I guess <laughs> I, I think people would be surprised at what they could live without. Like, we've gone back and forth. You know, we've had like really, really shitty boats that were, you know, $3,000 and nothing in them to like a little bit nicer boats that had like SSB receivers and transceivers and monitor wind vanes. And then we've gone back to a shitty boat. And like, I've never, like, there were certain things I missed, but I was.
2: Like, I would not leave to get a piece of
0: equipment.
1: Yeah, that's I'm, I'm still
0: going to go. I'm just not going to have that thing.
1: Yeah. Like, it, nothing is worth holding up your trip for.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. I mean, that's awesome, man. I think that's that sounds like great advice. And clearly, you guys have, have done a lot of sailing, so it seems to serve you well. Um, So, you've also spent a fair amount of time in Florida. Um, yeah. What's the weirdest thing or person experience you've had in Florida?
1: Oh God, there's so many. Uh, Florida is just such a unique state. <laughs> it's just what is I there? don't know why we
2: spend so much time in Florida. I don't know it's, either. It's pretty awful,
0: generally. Yeah.
1: It's, a, um, it's a
0: strange place.
1: It's so strange. And there's like such a mix of people like the population is so mixed it's like a bunch of dirt bags but then a bunch of like super rich retirees and then there's a bunch of snowbirds and then there's like this uh like jimmy buffett contingent and i it's just like such a weird yeah yeah very which this is kind of on uh on your mindset or track of thinking but like i i didn't know this but you can google your birthday and just have Florida man behind <laughs> and it will tell you like what insanity some person got into in Florida on your birthday
0: oh it's amazing I didn't know that that's yeah. a great idea Yeah.
1: so yeah I'm trying to think what's the craziest thing we've seen that lady taking a picture of that bird that one time
0: no the,
2: the guy that was calling the radio because he cut himself and the nurse was oh trying
1: yeah <laughs> this is a marathon and uh, like, Marathon started out kind of cool when we first got down there. And then a couple years later, it did, I feel like a bunch of meth heads found out they can get, like, a cheap boat and just anchor it out and cook meth and all this. It, it like, turned into kind of, like, a weird ghetto. But then also there's a bunch of, like, super nice retirees. Well, it's gentrifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there was this, like, I think it was midnight or later. It must have been later. And uh, we all had, we had our radio on on 16. And this guy just gets on. He's like, I cut myself. I'm bleeding. And everybody's just kind of like, and so this, finally, this one guy gets on, he's like, sir, are you okay? And he's like, no, no, I need help. And he's like, well, my wife's a nurse. And he's like, well, tell her to come over here. And he was like, I'm not letting my wife come over there. (laughs) That's not happening. And he was like, he's like, why don't you come over to our boat? Or he's like, I don't want to, I don't want to tell you where I am. And and ever I think the whole Anchorage had their radios on and everybody's like trying to pop their head out to like see what's happening. But <laughs> it was cr- I was like, oh my god, like I feel like we need to turn off our lights and radio and just like <laughs> hide. This is so weird. Shit's getting so weird. Like, yeah, exactly. I don't, if, I don't know if you ever It's just a
2: Florida Friday.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Um
1: Yeah, you said it you said it best, I think. Florida has a grit to it.
2: Well, it's definitely the end of the road. Yeah. Yeah. And it attracts a certain kind of folk.
1: Yeah. I'm not saying like Alaska is much better. There's <laughs> a lot of Florida men up here.
0: <laughs> I feel like, I feel like Alaska, you have to be a, like a little bit more uh, industrious. Probably. I don't, I've never been, but I, I, that's my impression anyway.
1: It's just a bunch of hoarders. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of hoarding going on. Yeah, definitely. Very nice.
0: Yeah. Um, so you guys, uh, recently, uh, babysat your niece, um, <laughs> what do you uh, and 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 i think are now self-proclaimed experts on parenting um, yeah yeah what do you yes, want are. What, would you like? <laughs> what what my question is what do you think about sailing with kids it seems oh. so difficult
1: <laughs> yeah i uh, think okay well, okay I, no, I we sail
2: with a cat and i'm pretty sure that's the same feeling as a child and it is i was terrified for the cat so i don't know how people sail with kids
1: but i will say spencer and i have we Um, are choosing not to have children. But we have said before, like if we were to have a kid, like we would only raise them on a sailboat, even though I don't think it would be a good idea for Spencer and I to have a kid on a sailboat. That's how we would try and do it. Yeah. On the
2: off chance, if it were to happen, that's how we raise a child.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. That's, I think that's encouraging to hear. I know like with, with toddler, it's like, it's, it's a little hard to imagine having her on the boat for more than an hour or two, um, especially underway. But, Um, but I think, yeah, like yeah. when she's a little bit older, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I think so too.
0: So, and I know you're doing like the YouTube thing and you're not talking about what you're doing next. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but what's, uh, what are your goals for the next few years? What, uh, you know, and, and whether that's sailing to a specific place or if you don't want to talk about that, just kind of generally, um, what are you, uh, what are you working towards?
1: Well, first I think. Uh, everybody thinks that we're like not telling people because we want to keep everybody in suspense, but really it's because we don't know if we're going to actually be able to come up with the money to do it. So we don't want to tell people because we we're ne- don't, we're want definitely to reaching fail.
2: farther than we should be.
0: So Were yes. you guys working uh, on like a, an endorsement deal with Utramer?
1: <laughs> yeah. They contacted
2: us. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, no, we are trying to buy a bigger boat. Um, and it's just, a.
2: A lot of cards have to fall the right way to make it work and they're they're getting there, but we're not quite ready to commit to saying that we're going to do it. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, that's the hope.
0: Cool.
2: So I think tension is to maybe do bigger crossings someday, but once again, we don't like saying what we're going to do. We prefer to say that after we've done it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, We've definitely fallen victim to being like, you know, when we first started sailing, we were like, we're going to sail around the world and, I think a lot of people, before they start sailing, they think that that's um, a very feasible thing, and it's, like, it's really not, and so we didn't... Well,
2: it's a a big, it's a challenging thing, and it needs to be respected the way that it is, and I I get really annoyed when people are like, we're gonna take off and go down the Caribbean next year, it's like, well, let's pump our brakes a bit, how about you let me know when you've done it?
1: Yeah, and... I think for us, we've definitely learned the lesson the hard way where we've told people that we're like doing these amazing things. And then when we start doing it, we're like, oh shit, we're never, yeah, we're not going to get that far. (laughs) There's no way. And then, you know, you come home and everybody's like, I thought you were going to do this. Like, (laughs) and you're like, well, you know what? It just didn't work out. Okay. (laughs) So we're very, um, like careful about what we say we're doing and what we say our goals are because we've like fallen short of our own goals quite frequently.
2: I don't want to sound like an asshole.
1: Exactly.
0: (laughs) No, I think that, 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 that all kind of rings true. Um, what do you, uh, what, what do you find most difficult about, about the life?
1: Um, I think I have to go back to work. Yeah. I think (laughs) really like finding money and trying to figure out how you can continually cruise is really difficult. Um, because once you've, once you find out you love it, that's the easy part. That's then, <laughs> actually the worst
2: when you find out you actually like it and yeah. you have not afford to do
1: it. And then you have to find money to actually sustain like not having a nine to five for, you know, however long you want to cruise. And that's the hard part, I think.
0: Are, is it the kind of the YouTube channel and the podcast? Is that something you're hoping to kind of start creating a little bit of a income stream with?
2: I mean, that'd be delightful, but yeah. I doubt it.
1: I mean, obviously we're born to be celebrities, but...
2: <laughs> I, I think we started like everyone else did, like, oh, it's going to be easy, and then uh, there'll be money flying in, and then you get hit in the face so that's not going to happen, and we kind of enjoy making the videos, and it's fun to look back on, you know, our stupid trips.
1: Yeah, I definitely think it started out as, like, uh, we're going to be, like, the next Le vagabond, and we're going to make so much money, and Altramere is going to be like calling us within a week oh, i'm gonna turn down <laughs> and <laughs> so like it definitely started out that way and then when things were like slow and slow going and like nobody gives you money for that shit like you know for the podcast like nobody's like oh my god i love your video so much i'm gonna give you money for this okay you get like i mean bucks yeah, like yeah like yeah, occasionally people do very
2: nice people that you know kick us some change
1: but then i think spencer and i like inadvertently really started enjoying making the videos like we didn't kind of expect that we like then we thought it more of like a really creative outlet for ourselves and like a way that we can look back on the things that we've done and uh, like my family watches it and Spencer's family watches it. And that is really kind of cool because they knew nothing about our life before this. And now we have so much to talk about. I know way
2: too much now. Yeah.
1: Now they know a lot more than they want to. <laughs> uh, and we kind of found our own groove on YouTube. I think like it's kind of a,
2: we found a very motley crew of people that follow us now that they're, they're very, um they're funny people.
1: They're really funny people. Yeah. And, I think we try to steer very clear of like clickbait and these like travel porn and like things that we don't think are realistic and that tends to draw a bunch of people that are like really genuine people and like all of our subscribers and stuff I just feel like we get along with them really well they leave they always leave really nice comments and it just turned out to be this really cool community.
2: So we're not getting the numbers we think we should get, but we did a lot <laughs> of really, really good stuff. Yeah.
0: Well, I'll, and I'll tell you, I've been I've been really enjoying the podcast and, and the videos. It's uh, I've definitely uh, yeah, no, they're they're great, I'm, and I I look forward to Fridays for sure. I'm I'm a podcast oh, guy largely, so but it's uh, yeah, it's good stuff.
1: Thank you, thank you. Yeah, we've had some fun making them, so yeah, it's something we'll continue to do for the foreseeable future.
0: Good, good. Um, so where can where can people find you? Obviously you have the podcast, you're on YouTube, what's the uh you got website, all that good stuff?
1: Oh yeah, we've got it all. Uh the YouTube channel is Sailing with the Litsenburgers, and, and you can check
2: out my Instagram oh, at yeah, Sailing, sailing underscore the and Burgers. No, what the fuck just is just Litz. Just Sailing <laughs> underscore and Burgers.
1: Yes. And um I guess we have a website where you can just find all the information. It's thelitsenburgers.com And burgers is with an E. So that's it.
0: Cool, cool. That's great. Um, and maybe we could close just by like, what is it that uh, that you guys love about, or what is one thing that you guys love about about sailing and, and living aboard?
2: What uh, do you love? I personally love just the freedom of it that I get, get to go where I want when I want, and if I don't like my neighbors, get to leave.
1: Yeah, and I think I really like. Um... Oh,
2: also, I get to share with you.
0: Thank you. Yeah, that, that we was... first.
1: Good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Bases <laughs> covered. Uh...
1: Yeah, yeah. We're all good. You can edit all, that, right? Almost.
0: Turn that around. <laughs> yeah, no problem.
1: <laughs> um, I think by, one of my favorite things is the sailing community of cruisers. Like, everybody just helps each other out it's so much. And yeah, everyone's just awesome that you run into. And even, like, this whole thing, like, this would have never happened, you know. If it like,
2: wasn't for boats, you would Yeah,
1: exactly. And yeah, it's so yeah. cool. And you have such, like, of, I don't know. I feel like sailors tend to just have something that they truly connect over because everybody loves sailing, and then from there, it's like an instant friendship.
2: Have you tried to talk to someone not about boats? Oh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like it's pretty awkward.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: What's your favorite anchor out of a boat? What the fuck are we
0: talking? <laughs> <laughs> Boring.
2: <laughs> no thanks.
1: But yeah, I think that's mine. Yeah. What's your favorite thing? I didn't ask you.
0: Um. Oh man. I, I mean I totally identify with the freedom thing. Uh but I, I just I just like actually being I like like when the boat's sailing and like you're kinda of like charging along and like uh you know get set the autopilot. I don't actually like to steer all that much. But like Oh, it's not yeah. No no no, I don't like that. Um uh, but like <laughs> but like just charging along and the boat kind of like rocking through the water and uh I don't know, it's just it's fucking awesome.
2: Are you a big trim fan? You like to adjust sails?
0: I, <laughs> I could get into that, but when I was fixing the boat up, I was a dumbass, and the sheet leads are completely on. Un... They're they're all frozen, and I haven't fixed them yet. So I I don't have a whole lot of uh, not a can... lot of adjustment. No, I can trim them in and out, but I can't adjust the sheet lead. So my trim is always kind of shitty.
1: That's fine. That's mine. Yeah. Mine is too. You still get there, right?
0: I'll I <laughs> But yeah, I could, I could totally go down that rabbit hole, I think.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, this was really fun. I'm so glad we did it.
0: Yeah, no, this has been awesome guys. Like I said, I, I, I do, I've been really enjoying uh, all the stuff you've been doing. So it's cool to be able to, uh, to chat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we love your podcast too. So Thanks. I'm excited that we got to collaborate.
0: Cool. This was fun guys. And I, I hope hopefully someday yeah, we can, uh, share some, uh, some boat sodas in a, in an anchorage somewhere.
1: Yeah, me too. That'd be really fun. <laughs> cool. All right, we'll talk to you later.
0: All right. Thanks guys. have it folks Brina and Spencer Litzenberger the Litzenberger sailing podcast sailing with the Litzenberger's YouTube channel and the good ship Flapjack Flapjack Octopus they're Tartan 34 which is currently for sale uh, if you mention this ad I believe they're offering a significant discount to podcast listeners It'd be worth a try anyway you can find them online at the that's Litzenberger with an E not a U uh, and thanks again to Spencer and Brina for sharing their time I had a lot of fun chatting with them Uh, As always, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave a rating and review on iTunes and uh, reach out to the Littenbergers as well if you uh, feel so inclined. I uh, I definitely recommend their pod as one of their reviews states, it is a riotous explosion of nautical mirth, a jocular tour de force for the seaborne and wistfully land-bound. Until next time. That's it for this episode of The Bonnie Boat. Thanks for listening. I know time is my most scarce resource these days, so I appreciate you uh, choosing to spend your time listening here. One of the reasons I decided to throw my hat into the podcast ring is to get in touch with other like-minded sailing maniacs. To that end, if you have any comments or suggestions, you can email me at gmail.com. You can find us online at thebonnieboat.wordpress.com. And remember, to be a sailor, you don't need a YouTube channel with 100,000 video subscribers. You don't need an Instagram account with pictures of beautiful people in their bathing suits. You certainly don't need a podcast. You don't even need a boat. You just need to go sailing. Until next time, this is Firefly standing by on channel 16.